Good morning again, world. Good morning, my brother Jamar. Uh, this week, uh, we would like to welcome you to the Early Morning Sports Talk podcast. Introducing myself, Mr. Brian Price, and my partner in crime, Mr. Jamar Goodman. Jamar Goodman. Good morning again, sir. Good morning. Today is August 1st, two days away from my birthday. And guess what, world? I got news for you. I am getting old. Haha, <laughs> psych. I am joking. Um, instead, I like to think I'm getting better. And so with that exciting news and with me turning older, uh, the world has a lot to be grateful. So with that as well, my brother Jamar will be uh, turning older as well a week after me. So we both are Leo. So we got a lot in common, fellas. So we got a lot in common world. We got a lot in common in regards to just our uh, mentality, our focus, our uh, attention to things, uh, we get things done. Um, Anywho, I don't know why I'm having an ADHD moment. Um, can we get the sports, please? Okay. Let's go. So, all right. Well, Jamar, as you know, we have a lot to cover today. Uh, today's segment will be fun. We have a lot of interesting topics to cover. All right, so let's get into it. So let's talk the NBA. <clears throat> I want your thoughts uh, on the Lakers and Clippers. Um, just any thoughts you have, by the way. Any thoughts you have. Um, and additionally, based off of last night's game, did this change your opinion on your favorite for your pick for the Western Conference? Man, uh, that was a that was a box office game that we saw. Um, he was mm-hmm. being his, uh, you know, the first game back for those particular yeah. two teams. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> No, it doesn't change my pick, but it definitely put things more in perspective for me. Um, you know, Anthony Davis was the most dominant player in that game by far. Yeah. I feel like LeBron showed up when he needed to, for sure. Like, yeah, he's been doing that lately. Yes, uh, that that the end of the game sequence there, like actually putting the clamps down, that – that, that was probably the most impressive thing by me that I saw that whole game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't seen LeBron do that in uh, ages. But yeah, um, probably it appears now that LeBron is uh, focused and uh, he's playing defense. So it's like, yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, finally you're playing some D, LeBron. <laughs> Man, it, it's probably been since the, the Heatles <laughs> since, since you saw Man. some of but, uh, it's, it's, it's vitally important, though, for LeBron to play defense. It's vitally important for LeBron to take on the best uh, players on the opposing teams. It's vitally important for him to step up and do that because, um, you know, we've been, you know, sports fans and, and, and people that's in the sports world, they've been clamoring that for years. LeBron, you got to step up. You can't be um, Mr. Passive all the time, Mr basketball let's make the right play sometimes there's just moments right jamar where you just got to be the superstar you got to take over because right. i tell you what Kawhi Leonard don't have a conscience he won't even think twice about it he'll pull up right in your face it's like make you look real bad it feels like he's programmed to just do it when it's time it's just like like you said no conscience mm-hmm. the, the quote-unquote cyborg you know he just like okay game on the line just do my thing that, right. That's that's how he approaches it, right? And, you know, LeBron. It, it, I, I felt like we, 
like I feel like we've seen progression from LeBron over his career in that regard. And you know, each and every year it, it seems like he is getting to that point where, you know, like this is it. This is this is on me. I need to do this. Like this team rides or dies as I'm the captain of this shit type thing. Yeah, man. If he would have did that, he would have easily won a championship against the Mavericks. Have four rings. No, no, they were that. That was a series they were supposed to win. Like, it's no way in here you can tell me as a basketball uh, fan, or I'm not even gonna say I'm a savant, but as a basketball fan, that they were not supposed to beat the Mavericks. They were supposed to. It was no way the Mavericks supposed to beat them. It was LeBron's passiveness that made them lose that series. He was acting like a vagina. Excuse my French, but he was acting like a vagina, acting scared to take aggression of the game. Want to be Mister basketball make the right play when the game's just simply saying hey josh howard can't stick you sean marion he's all right you know but he can't stick you lebron like you know he was always he's always been a great bat you know um a lot of success in the nba but it was no way and young young baby prime lebron um going up against a pretty you know soon to be washed up sean marion it was no way he could have sick him um, that so, Dallas yeah. team was about as veteran seasoned as it got. That team, I feel like that that Dallas team was like they just knew like, hey, we we have a chance to get it done. Every basically everybody on that team like been through the trenches. Like just just take advantage of what LeBron doesn't know how to do at this point and just get it done. Yeah, yeah. Jason Kidd and Dirk sure did because those were the two MVPs for Dallas. They dominated yeah. that series. And, um, you know, they balled out for sure. Uh, Jason Terry did as well. Um, Even Tyson Chandler. Yeah, Tyson Chandler. uh, He had a great series as well. Uh, He couldn't be controlled under the uh, basket. He he got a lot of boards, which gave Dirk a lot of opportunities. And you don't want to give Dirk a lot of opportunities. So, um, yeah. But anyhow. Yeah, man. So, back to the Lakers Clippers. Yeah. So, all right, so here's the thing I'm really taking away here. Um, that Lakers team, if it, like, like the Clippers wasn't that full strength. And that's the thing that, like, right. I definitely want to point out. Like, you was missing 20 points off the bench. And Montrez Hero, who, you know, I'm not saying, you know, he's a, you know, star or anything like that. but He's a, he's he's a, he's a beast, bro. He's a beast. Yeah, that's that's twenty five points right there. Right, and you know with him, you know guarding Anthony Davis, I, I know he's not gonna stop him, but you know he just makes things a little bit more interesting. He yeah he does the physicality. Does sure. So does with the sure. Clippers just battling and you know Shamit playing horrible and twenty plus turnovers and they only lose by a bucket, like I don't know, it's like. Lakers, like, you just need firepower constantly at all times at this point. Or um, you just, I don't know, need a definitely a third option to really step up and be consistent here because I feel like with the couple guys being quarantined for the Clippers and them only lose by two, that I don't know if we've seen the best of the Clippers yet because they did, um, you know, uh, list the telling stat here when the Clippers are actually at their full strength, which was a lot of time. Ten and one. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you. And so, yeah, you know, the Clippers. Um, my biggest takeaway. Um, you know, I like the Lakers. Um, I, I 
you know, I picked them to win the NBA title, but that's just mainly because a part of me wants to see LeBron win another championship. Mm-hmm. But realistically, realistically, um, that, that Clippers team can beat the Warriors with Kevin Durant. They really could. And the reason why they could is because they have so many options offensively and they have so many bodies to stop stars. Keyword, mm-hmm. stop stars. So if they were to play Kevin Durant, they have a Wes Patterson, they have a Morris, they have a Kawhi Leonard, they have a Paul George, two great defenders, by the way. Wes Patterson right. is a great defender as well. Um, Markeith Morris is a great defender. Um, like, you know, you have plenty of bodies to stop stars. And so um, with that being said, you can take um, fouls, you can take uh, just a number of things. And then also for Anthony Davis, this is, they did the same thing. They, Doc Rivers, he, 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 he tallied the boat up with LeBron, so he got a Markeith Morris. He got a um, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, a Wes Patterson. It's your Michael Green, a, a Patrick Beverly, and even a Reggie Jackson. All seven of them guys can stick LeBron. Yeah. Additionally, he did the same with uh, Anthony Davis. You got Wes Patterson that can stick him as well. But then you got your Michael Green that can stick him. But more importantly, you got Montrezl Harold, who's an additional body. Don't forget, they just acquired Joe Kim Noah, who's been mm-hmm. a great defensive player his whole career and did pretty good when he balled um, the, a, a couple of days ago. I was really impressed with Joe Kim Noah. So you got uh, Zubak, who can also yeah. stick uh, Anthony Solid. Davis. I mean, you got bodies after bodies for two stars. The key will be in that series will have to be the shooters. Um, also, the key will have to be really if they get to the promised land, it'll have to be through Anthony Davis and not through LeBron. Um, Anthony Davis will have to um, set the tone and he'll have to score 30-plus in order for the uh, Lakers to uh, win those games. And he'll have to uh, dominate on the uh, boards as well. And additionally, he'll have to make some plays defensively because um, Kawhi's not going to miss too many shots. Paul George is not going to have a terrible game like he did. For me, he actually had a terrible game. Um, I don't think a lot of people paid attention to the first half where he he was pretty bad. He stepped it up in the second half, but he turned the ball over. Him and Joe Kim Noah on that unit when they were on the court together, um, they were defending, but they weren't scoring. Um, And they were missing a lot of easy buckets. So um, I don't see that happening too much. Um, so for me, I got a lot to worry about now. Um, and the reason why is because that state of Montrez, Harold and Lou Williams did not play. The Lakers were supposedly at full strength, uh, minus Rajon Rondo and, uh, you know, Avery Bradley, but I don't think they miss him because you got J.R. Smith and Deion Waiters who actually are buckets. Right. Um, you know, they put the ball in the bucket. Avery Bradley don't do that. Uh, I'm kind of glad they did. Yeah. Go, go home, Avery. <laughs> I don't think he would have helped the Lakers too much. Um, not to be mean here. Um, and so, yeah, you know, uh, the Lakers got a bit to worry about. Um, I like LeBron. I, I, I really think he's the best player in the NBA. He'll do his best. It will be a dog fight for sure. I think the games will be close. But um, if the Clippers just catch fire, man, and um, – they don't miss their shots. 
Um, the Lakers will clap back. Don't get me wrong. They'll clap back, and there'll be a clap back back and forth. But um, the Clippers right now, man, I, they got a lot of talent, and they got a lot of bodies. They got a lot of people that can defend, and they got a great coach. Um, we'll see how things go, but I wasn't impressed with the Lakers doing this game. Um, and so I'll leave it at this for this game and focus now on some other things. So additionally, did you have an opportunity? This is why my eyes are puppy world. Did you have a chance to see the Texas shootout last night? I did not. I didn't. Did you I at least see that score? Yeah, I woke up and saw the score. I did see the halftime score and I saw the final score. The halftime score. Jesus Christ. I'm like, the Warriors are back. <laughs> That's what it felt like. 160 points combined? Yeah. Yeah. They they were shooting it out, bro. Like, um, this kid, Trey Burke from uh, – I know you remember Trey Burke. Oh, yeah. Michigan. Michigan, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he well, – you know, it's his first game back. Um, I think this season or something, he might have had a little scratch or something out for the, the beginning of this season. But he uh, came back like he left some. Well, he, he came back like he, you know, was on a mission. And so with him coming back like he left some, he dropped at least like 30 um, pure buckets, pure offense. Um, and so if you got that for the uh, Mavericks, watch out for the Mavericks. Watch, watch out. Um, Luka Doncic, he got to be more smart with his shots. He take a lot of dumb, ill-advised shots. And uh, we'll talk about that as well with the Celtics. But um, – you know, he had a great game, too. Still had a low-key, quiet 27, 29, something like that. You know, yeah. I mean, it was a terrible game for him. He still had around 30 points. That's crazy. Um, yeah, and as far as Porzingis, um, at times he can be a little soft, um, and he, he needs to crash the boards better because he let Covington, a smaller guy, right in for that tip in. If, 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 if the Curry brother, if – you know, um, Seth, if he would have gone ahead and hit his uh, first free throw. But, you know, it rattled out. It was a good shot. Um, that could have put the game away and iced it. But, you know, um, as they say um, in a professional sport, you don't have much room for error. It's a, it's a reason why guys are professionals. Um, and so, yeah, you know, it was a lot of heart by the Rockets. I put it that way. It was a lot of heart, and I was really impressed with that heart. Um, it reminds me of, like, playing basketball at times. The guys are bigger than me, but mm -hmm. just because they're bigger don't mean that they can beat me. Just because they're bigger don't mean that I can't defend them. It's just ways I have to work around defending them, such as, example, getting under their body, moving in front of them, preventing them from getting the ball. Um, additionally, if they body me, they won't body me much. I'm pretty strong. So – you know, I do what I can to push them out from under the basket. There's ways you can defend people. And so the Rockets did that with their small ball. They found ways to defend them, and they really put the clamps down, actually. Um, I know it was a 149-153 Rockets victory, but, guys, don't get it twisted. The Clippers – I mean, sorry, the Rockets started to defend um, in that fourth quarter, and they started to kind of put the clamps down. Um, and really what carried them, again, was Trey Burke. Um, throughout most of the game. Um, and so, yeah, you know, it was another cat as well. I can't forget his name. He was a power forward. He started hitting a lot of ill-advised shots to kind of keep the uh, Mavericks in the game. 
Um, and one thing the Rockets started to do, uh, Jamar, they started to crash the basket. They started to stop shooting threes at one point because they started bricking a lot. And they went to most people, you know, when you hoop, you, you start attacking a basket. So they attacked the basket, started getting a lot of good looks. Um, Westbrook missed about 50 open looks. He was really rusty. Um, oh, but I think a lot of his rust honestly led to um, the length of um, the Dallas Mavericks center, Bogvik, the big, tall, 7'6 guy. Uh, and you got Porzingis under there. Then you got a um, couple power forwards. I forget the light-skinned kid name. And then you got uh, another Dwight Eastern Powell. European. Dwight Powell. Then you got another Eastern European guy who's like a 6'7", 6'8 guy. Um, so it was, it's a lot of length under there for the Mavericks. Rockets ain't got no damn length. None. And I don't know how they'll get past. They'll for sure put up buckets. But come on, guys. Go get a center or something. Get somebody with some type of length. Um, they are full small ball to the core, bro. Full small ball, literally. Um, and, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I like the small ball, um, but you need somebody on that court that can defend. Because Russell Westbrook, James Harden, they don't defend worth a damn thing. Robert Covington is probably the best defender on that team. Um, and Robert Covington, you know, He's all right. Um, he he's a he's a nice he's a nice vet, and he actually defended better than PJ Tucker last night, who I would have picked prior to the game. Uh, maybe I'm a little hallucinating here, but I would say PJ Tucker probably is the best defender. Robert Covington, however, was last night, um, and so he made a lot of defensive plays uh, to save um, the Rockets, including a nice block including a very nice block on Kristaps uh, Porzingis to uh, lead to a fast break. So um, a lot of heart by wow. the uh, Rockets, man. A lot of heart by the Rockets. Um, and James Harden, of course, you know, he dropped his 50. So, you know, yeah, he going to put up buckets. Yeah, he going to put up buckets. He going to put up buckets. And so um, really, really a lot of heart, man, by the Rockets. Um, I would love to see that as a series, but I don't know if I will. Um I mean, it all depends on how the seeding goes. If the Rockets went out, they possibly could get that third seed, but I don't think they'll catch the Nuggets. So um, if I were the Rockets, I'd love to stay in that sixth seed, and I'd love to have the uh, Nuggets in the first-round matchup. Um, that would be interesting. Yeah, because right now it looks as if the Mavericks will have to play the Clippers in the first round. Um, and I like Porzingis. I like the uh, kid Doncic, but they play the Clippers. This curtains, um, at least for this year, they will be a force to be reckoned with. Oh yeah, the you see it coming. You see they it will coming. be a serious force. Um, and if they keep their nucleus with with you know Porzingis, with Doncic, with Tim Hardaway, with uh, possibly a Trey Burke who can put up buckets with the Dwight Powell, with uh, Jalen Bronson, who's a very smart guy. He won't lose you the game. Right. Um, you know, with the pieces they have, they can, um, down the road, really, really, really make some noise. And so, um, you know, it, it is to answer the question here, I got a question for you really quickly, uh, Jamar. Yeah. Um, with the Mavericks, um, with the team they got and with you see them putting up points the way they put up points, they don't have problems offensively. Um, yeah. 
I just want to know, what are the Mavericks capable of? Are they possibly capable of an upset of the Clippers? I know this sounds really crazy, but are the Mavericks capable of an upset this year of the Clippers if they were to meet them in the first round? It's possible. And that would take, I feel like, the Mavericks to be playing on all cylinders here. Like, right. offensively, they, they have to be on it. And I know, you know, the Clippers are a great offensive and defensive team. I'm pretty sure they're top five in both. Um, yeah. The Mavericks defense will have to step up. And I know right now that might be saying a lot. Um, I don't think Dallas has the perimeter defense right now mm-hmm. to – you know, shut down two twenty plus scores um, uh, in the starting lineup for the Clippers, but right. it, it would take Luca to have like an insane series on both ends for them to start to have a chance. I feel like to pull off an upset here because it starts on the defense. He's definitely not known for being that guy yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Porzingis definitely has the potential to do anything he wants to. But I think, honestly, obviously, and honestly, it starts with uh, uh, Luca here on both ends. Right. He got to defend. He has to defend. Um, and he'll have to defend the team's best player. Um, and I know that sounds crazy because you can say, hey, you can put um, possibly the best defender on the Mavericks could be Tim Hardaway. Or it could be really Kristaps Porzingis. But Kristaps Porzingis, he's not a wing defender. So you can blow by him. And so the best perimeter defender, because Tim Hardaway don't defend either. No. Um, really, it's, I, I mean, I don't nobody know. on either one of those teams defends really outside of P.J. Tucker possibly, and maybe Robert Covington. And so I just knew yesterday that the Rockets were going to come back, and I kind of felt the same way about the Celtics, but the Celtics, they did a blunder with their defense. We'll get to that shortly. But mm-hmm. I just, you know, I always feel defense wins championships. And so the team in that game made the best uh, defensive plays for the Rockets, and they came out with the victory. And so is it possible that the Mavericks can do an upset? Um, No. They can make noise, um, and they can make it a very interesting series. I think they can win two games. I can give them two games, Jamar, but I can't give them the series, Um, not against the claw. Um, Because when the playoffs hit, um, it's going to be clamps. It's going to be serious clamps. And, um, you know, they can score points against the Rockets, but they won't score too much against the Clippers. um, And they probably won't score too much against the Lakers. So, um, but good game, interesting game. Mavericks are young. They got a long way to go. And the Rockets, they need some length. They seriously need some length. Um, They are missing uh, Compella so bad. and so, it's, with that being said, it's like, yeah, funny, funny with that though. It's like it was definitely a, a definitely one of those where I say a prime example of cause and effect. Like, yeah, yeah, he was their interior force and they rebounded, mm-hmm. and now they don't have that. But on the flip side, for whatever reason, since they took him out, like they was able to open up the offense. So they basically yeah. really got rid of all their defensive prowess down low to really score the ball. So. They're going to ride or die by that myth, uh, mythology now. They are letting it known. They are letting it to be well known that they're going to ride or die by that method. That's what the Rockets are stating everybody. So um, get prepared for some small ball um, yep. come, uh, later this month when the playoffs begin. Um, okay. Additionally, let's quickly talk about the Bucks and Celtics. 
Um, I thought the Bucks um, were the better team yesterday. And the biggest reason they were the better team was because of Giannis Antetokounmpo. He took over the game. Um, he effortlessly dropped around 40 without much effort. Um, and, you know, definitely imposed his will in those last few minutes. But with that being said, the Celtics could have clearly won the game. The Celtics uh, are letting us know that if they play in a series, it's going to be a tight series. It's going to be very tight. Um, and let's keep in mind that the Celtics didn't really play Kemba Walker much at all yesterday. Um, and so really what was the deciding factor in this game was when Antetokounmpo and Jason Tatum, you know, usually stars supposed to get amped up to stick each other, right? They supposed yeah. to be ready to stick each other saying, Hey, I'm going to shut you down. Cause LeBron did it against Kawhi. He shut him down. He shut him down. Every time he stick Kawhi, Kawhi couldn't get that little pump fake off that he always get off. And so Jason Tatum, however, just it kind of reminds me of a young and dumb thing, if that makes sense. He go gambling on defense. As a result, leaves Antetokounmpo, of all people, um, open to go to the lane. And what yeah. the hell you think Antetokounmpo going to do um, if he got a wide open lane? Everybody in America knows what he's going to do. <laughs> and so he did what we knew he was going to do um, because of the gamble by Jason Tatum. All Jason Tatum had to do was stay in front of him. Ansuka Kumpo, yes, he's great. But one thing you do with a guy that is dominant in the post and that got handles, I would just do my best to keep him on the outside, try, try to prevent him from going inside, try to just stay in front of him and let him shoot a jump shot. Um, Jason Tatum didn't want to do that. He just let him go to the lane, which, of course, led to an easy bucket. Um, and so, yeah, that really, like, killed the momentum of the game in the last minute or so for the Rock, for the Celtics and um, Bucks, And that led to eventually another um, open three-pointer by Chris Middleton was like a dagger um, in the coffin. And so um, my biggest takeaway from this game, bro, is um, Jalen Brown also did a really dumb shot. Um, he, at times, we know he can be a gambler. He can take yeah. a lot of risks, a lot of chances. Um, so Jalen Brown, he has to be smarter come the playoffs. Um, if they want to win any type of uh, championship or go to the finals, it'd be very, very important to, um, you know, it'll be very, very important for um, our brother here to do what he has to do on the offensive end, but just be very, very smart on uh, his shot decisions because yeah. he can just make some very ill-advised stuff. And you'd be like, what the hell are you doing? Like, you didn't have to shoot that. <laughs> you didn't have to shoot that. Like, why are you pulling up from half court? I guess um, maybe they just – I guess they were like, hey, it doesn't matter. We're all going to be in a bubble anyway. We're not playing for seeds anymore. <laughs> let's, just, uh, let's just throw up some shots. And so um, – yeah, as a result, um, you know, it looks like that'll, um, you know, be very questionable down the road for um, Jalen Brown. You got to make smarter shot choices. And Jason Tatum, you can't be gambling on defense. Come on, bro. Like, you got to be disciplined on your defense. You do these two things, and the Celtics could be the team I think they could be and that people think they could be. But it just gives you, Jamar, more credibility at this point. So go ahead. I mean – I'm not even going to – I'm going to take this game with a grain of salt here. 
because for one, Jason Tatum, I feel like had an out of body experience last night. Just I'm gonna just read off his numbers. This man shot two of eighteen. That's probably gonna be the worst shooting game of his career. Two wow. of eighteen, five points. I mean, seven boards. That's solid. Three assists. 0 for four behind the arc, and only got to the free throw line twice and hit one shot. That is wow. That is. Thank you. This gives me credibility because <laughs> I don't. I don't think Jason Tatum will have that type of game every at day. all. Um, I don't. Yeah. That, that's that's a very out of body experience. That's that's not him. So I mean, that's that's probably going to be the worst game that you'll ever see him play. Period. Um, I mean, Giannis was informed. Uh, 14 for 20 from the field, 36 points, 15 boards, seven assists, one of three <laughs> behind it. the arc. I mean, and they both had two turnovers. So, I mean, turnover part wasn't bad, but, but I mean, between that and uh, Kemba only limited in action here because of his knee trying to get him back in the flow. I mean, Celtics, I'm not, I mean, I'm not taking that game serious. It was just more so, I think, just get back in the rhythm of things. Both teams didn't really have anything to play for. Um, Celtics probably more than likely going to stay where they are as far as to see Milwaukee. I mean, they're, they're, they've got that locked up. Um, yeah. One thing I do want to point out um, as far as the, the Bucks, though, um, they're not at full strength either. So when Eric Bledsoe come back, that's just going to be another element right there. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, thanks for pointing that out because I felt like they were missing somebody. I just didn't know who. Yeah. And they're um, missing Connaughton as well. Between those two. Yeah, um, he can get some buckets too. So, I mean, uh, you know, Celtics, I honestly, Brandon, I wouldn't, you know, take that one. Um, you know, right. As it's only the first game back. Yeah. They'll, yeah. I mean, they got instant bucket getters still when the playoffs come. They'll, they'll be more locked in and focused. I think they were just trying to get a run in. I mean, Coach Sprad Stevens had them guys still playing in the second quarter with four fouls and stuff. I mean, he just letting them play. Right, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, in the third quarter with five fouls, Jaden Brown. Yeah, so, I mean, all, all in all, I mean, long as uh, I feel like it was still a good game to watch. I mean, a lot of rust and boneheaded plays on both teams, but I mean, I mean, that's, I guess that's what we're going to expect here in the beginning, so. Right, yep, and so thank you for that. Thank you for uh, bringing the conversation back down to earth that it was only the first game. Um, it is, um, People are getting back in shape. They are um, managing injuries, managing things of that nature. Um, so um, it's just a process and everybody getting back to it. So um, yeah, those were, um, you know, the games that we covered that were major. Um, there's a lot of good games, Pelicans and um, uh, Pelicans. Who did they play, Jamar? They played uh, Utah. The, yes, the Jazz. And that was a good game. Rudy that Gobert was. got a chance to. Um, get his redemption with um, hitting two game-winning free throws. He looked solid. After, yeah, after he um, was the reason that the season shut down on March 11th uh, <laughs> with his positive test. So um, that was, uh, you know, good redemption for him. And then it was also a good game to see the uh, Trailblazers and the Grizzlies. Yeah, uh, I saw the Grizzlies, that. Grizzlies, man. Yeah, they can turn up, bro. The Grizzlies, oh my goodness, they future they, their future is bright. Moran um, is they, the they, real deal. He's the real deal, man. And they can turn up. And so um, you know, hopefully uh Alvin Gentry don't get fired and he doesn't um come to fail to realize that he needs to be playing Zion Williamson in big moments. 
um, and not putting them on the bench in big moments, especially with what they're fighting for. Um, so I love to see um, Zion Williamson on the floor. But as far as Sean Morant, um, yeah, showed up, showed out, um, balled out. Uh, future's bright in Memphis for sure. But um, it, it brings a very interesting dynamic for that AFC because the Portland Trailblazers are very battle-tested with their vets. And so, um, you know, could they pull out that A seed and play that play-in game? We will see. A lot of people have them as a pick. And if they could get that A seed, um, they could be a very interesting matchup for the L.A. Lakers. And so with that, let's now uh, finally get into some WNBA. Um, let's talk some Chicago team uh, okay. or the Chicago team. Let's talk the Chicago Sky. Um, I'm a very avid uh, WNBA fan. Um, I love the game, um, and it is a very entertaining game. Um, and I'm a big fan of the Chicago Sky. And so the Chicago Sky, they've had a pretty good start, in my opinion. Um, although they lost to the Minnesota Lynx by two points, they could have and should have won that game um, a couple of nights ago. Um, they do play the Washington Mystics tonight. Um, and the Washington Mystics are the previous WNBA champs. And so uh, the Chicago Sky is no pushover at all. So it will be very interesting to see that game. Um, I will be tuning in um, tonight to watch that. Um, and so, yeah, you know, as we know, um, the Chicago Sky, if you guys don't know, they are a pretty good team. Um, they are a perennial threat to win the WNBA title. They are no longer a pushover. Um, from the days of Elena Deladon and Sylvia Fowles. They've moved on. They've won their championships in other respective cities. But now um, James Wade has rebuilt that franchise, rebuilt that team, and they are loaded um, from uh, ballers such as Ali Quigley. She's one of the best shooters in the WNBA period, hands down, lethal. Uh, Courtney Vandersloot, at times she's not clutch, uh, but she makes buckets. She's a very great passer. She's a very great player. Uh, that's just to say, even regardless of her clutchness, she's a very good player, guys. And um, she's very entertaining to watch. Um, Cheyenne Parker, this girl's a beast. She's undersized for a center, but she can ball. She can shoot the three. She got heart. She uh, takes on any challenge. She's passionate. She can ball. Uh, Gabby Williams, um, that girl, beast. She's like the Kawhi Leonard of the WNBA. And look, she's so pretty, too. Like, you will look at her and you'd be like, wow, she don't even look like she's a duck. Oh, please. Yeah, put the <laughs> clamps on you. We'll put the clamps on you. Um, we'll D you up. Um, we'll uh, take your heart out your chest. Uh, most people, when uh, she go defend them, they just pass the ball. Um, if, if, if she can hit shots, Jamar, um, and hit her open shots and get into double digits, uh, the sky will be extremely tough to beat. Um, she's their um, X factor. Azura okay. Stevens, um, this girl played for the Dallas Wings last year, and mm -hmm. she uh, can scratch you out. She can hit the three. She can post. She's an inside-out player. She can defend. Uh, she is a baller. Um, yeah. Uh, what's, what's the other woman's name? Um, not Cheyenne Parker. Uh, okay. So, 
she's a point guard, and I can't exactly get her name right now, but I'll get it shortly. She just joined the Sky this year. Um, she's been leading them in points, um, and she has literally been balling out. And so, um, you know, as we do on the uh, Chicago on, on the Early Morning Sports Talk podcast, we love pulling up rosters. And so, with that being said, give me a second. Um, I will pull up uh, this young lady's name. Uh, she is our new point guard, bro. Um, and I won't, I won't really say she's uh, the new point guard because that's Vandersloot and Gabby Williams that usually um, run the points. But she is now, um, I would say, very important in regards to putting up um, buckets. Kalia Cooper is her name. And she is starting at the three. Um, Stephanie Dolson, she's been out for the last few games. And then our very important, our really our big X factor here is Diamond DeShields. Uh, last year, she was the MVP candidate. Um, and she has been getting into a bit of a slow start. But um, if she picks it up um, on the offensive and defensive end, uh, the Chicago Sky can be very, very dangerous. Um, and being a potential threat to um, win the WNBA title. And so um, with that, before we get into your take, Jamar, on the potential of the Chicago Sky, let's keep in mind that last year they, um, you know, really in my opinion and in most people's opinion, they could have and should have went to at least the semifinals. Um, The Aces lucked up last year, but it was kind of cool to see that the Chicago Sky got vengeance um, as they hit a game winner, what Ali Quigley did um, this past um, weekend. And it was a classic game. And so this is how the Chicago Sky season ended last year. And I want to show people this to show you the motivation behind their team this year. Let's go ahead and let's take a look. Vandersloot looks at the clock. Daring them to Fowler. That's a dangerous pass. Hamby. Bro. And so with that, <laughs> bro, <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to bring that up to people to um, just, just show the world that, um, you know, this is uh, the reason for the sky's motivation. <laughs> Not um, like that. <laughs> I mean, oh it was just like, really? Are you serious? And I remember watching that game, uh, me, my wife and my daughter. And uh, we were just like, wow. Like, it's unbelievable. Like, um, and, and just, you know, the fact that it wasn't even – she could have dribbled the clock out. She could have got an easier shot, Jamar. She could have dribbled the clock. It was still four seconds left on the clock, 3.9 seconds on the clock after she hit the basket. Um, she didn't even know what she was doing. She just threw the ball up, bro. She didn't even – she wasn't aware of clock management or anything. 
Um, she just threw the ball up. Plus, a lot of people said she stepped out of bounds. Who knows? But, um, you know, Jeez. basically that happened. And so um, oh this is why you got Chicago Sky with um, a big uh, chip on their shoulder. And so with that being said, um, I know, Jamar, you've looked into the WNBA. You pay attention. Um, and so just curious, man. Um, what do you think their potential is this season? You know, have you had a chance to at least see them now that the bubble has begun with the WNBA, with the, at least the three games that's been played? What do you think this team's potential is? Man. Wow, I'm still like. <laughs> <laughs> that brings back memories, huh? Yeah, it's like, like they shouldn't even have been in that position to begin with <laughs> for that scenario to even happen. Yeah. All she yeah. had to do was hold on to the ball. Make yeah. some free throws and call it the night. Oh right. man. Um yeah, as far as this team here, um, based on like, you know, how you were describing them earlier and um it, it seemed like they are a gritty team that, that plays, you know, gritty, efficiently, exactly. Efficiently. They play hard. Um, you know, based on what I just saw from last season, yeah, definitely the chip is there. I don't, I don't see who who has a bigger chip than them right now, Chiefs. Um, no, that that team I feel like is uh, solid, top to bottom. Um, you know, as long as they you know play together, play for each other, uh, continue to bring that same uh, energy. Um, you know, night in night out, I don't see why they can't be right there in the thick of things when it's all said and done. Uh, right. I did see a, I did see a couple of highlights. I didn't get a chance to see the, any games, but you did uh, reference a couple of highlights. I should, you know, looked at on my own. I, I did. Uh, Gabby, Gabby Williams. I, I do like her game. I, I really do. Um, yeah. uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Quigley. She, she's uh, really, really good too. Um, yeah. As uh, I, I think I will check out tonight's game if I'm not doing anything. Uh, Extravagant. I think I will check it out because uh, I'm. You got me. You got me a little amp now, man. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, with that, you know, the Washington Mystics are three and zero. They're the former champs, and so um, it will be um another tight, tightly contested uh game. Sky never gets blown out. Um, if you beat them, most you'll beat them by it's like a bucket. Mm. You know, you're never gonna just beat them. Um, Solid. And so, yeah, uh, it'll be a very interesting game and. We want to cover women's topics on this show. We don't want to discriminate or say, oh, you know, nobody's watching this or watching that. Um, us fellas here, we are very supportive of the WNBA. Um, and we're mainly supportive of it because it's just great basketball. It's, it's, it's great. It's great to watch. It's competitive. Um, a lot of the teams are very competitive. A lot of the teams are very good teams. Um, and so, you know, it would be a nice roadblock to um, – see if the sky can get past the Seattle storm, if they can get past Sylvia Fowles and her length with the Minnesota Lynx, um, the forward WNBA champs, um, Washington Mystics, um, and then the previous WNBA champs, the Seattle storm with Brianna Stewart up there in mm, Seattle, yeah. um, who was a baller. Um, then you have the LA Sparks with, uh, you know, the two analysts on ESPN with, with the local, with the local young lady, Candace Parker, and then uh, Abu McKay, um, you know, she's been efficient um, in how she balls. 
um, the Aces. You know, they just got Andrew McCartney. And if the world – y'all don't know about Andrew McCartney. Uh, she is a baller. She has no conscience. You can put her in the likes of uh, James Harden, those guys. She gets buckets, period. And so um, there's a number of teams. I mean, the Aces, they are so loaded. They are bringing Cambage back. She was a monster last year. Hamby, beast. She was the one that hit the shot on the um, sky last year in the playoffs. Um, Aja Wilson. Aja Wilson, beast. So, like, the Aces, they might be favorites for a lot of people just because of the talent on their roster. Um, Skylar Digger-Smith, she's now with the Mercury, with Diana Taurasi and Brittany Griner. Mm, that's strong. Let's, let's not forget about that. So, um, the WNBA, if you guys are not in tune, get in tune. Um, it is very entertaining. Every game's competitive. And so, um, we'll see how things go. And then additionally, um, hopefully uh, you get better Sabrina Anescu. Uh, she... Um, Kind of like, I don't know if she broke her foot, but I know she had a really bad injury yesterday against the Dream. So, um, you know, hopefully things get better with her. Um, and so, yeah, with the WNBA guys getting tuned, we will cover that sport going forward. Uh, we look forward to very entertaining and challenging games um, from a number of teams. And so, uh, yeah, with that being said, Jamal, let's now get into some baseball. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen the Sox play, um, but I must say I'm very disappointed. But then again, I'm not surprised. Um, just curious, are these the same old White Sox? And if they have another disappointing season, should we really begin to ask what is the problem with the White Sox? Like, could it potentially be Kenny Williams? Man, I mean, it just might be they – finish this season, you know, under expectations. I mean, going into, you know, this particular season, 162 games or 60 games, however you want to cut it, this team is supposed to be, you know, right in contention. The The offense is there. I have checked out maybe about three or four games. I have sat down and watched for the most part. It's like the offense, offense is there for the most part. You, the bats, the bats are real. The pitching. Right. The pitching, the pitching, the pitching, which has been, I feel like, a constant problem for a lot of years now, um, has, has still been an issue. Uh, I'm not going to hit the panic button yet. Uh, they are three and four. Uh, they did get out, get a key win last night. Um, it's the rules, yeah. But, I mean, to be fair, they've, I mean, they, they played some tough opponents the first uh, couple of series between the, what's that, Indians and the Twins, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, those two teams. Are but no you got to win your division. You do? You do? Um, Especially in this type of season, right, where you don't really play them. Yeah. you. I don't yeah. know if they even played them twice. Well, they, they, I think they'll play them twice, and that's it. Yeah. Um, I'm not hitting the panic button yet, but come come back to me a week from today and see where they're staying, and they still, you know, round four for last in the division. Then, you know, we, we can – we can definitely have that discussion. But, yeah, if the season ends up being disappointed, it's like the only, I feel like, common denominator here is, uh, unfortunately, Kenny Williams. That's what it feels like. Yeah. He's been around for so long. but got one title, but really haven't been relevant. Outside and, of that. Yeah. One yeah. playoff berth. Um, 
as a wild card in 2009 where they lost to the Devil Rays. Um, yeah. I remember that series like it was yesterday. Um, and really outside of that, not much playoff success. Um, and, you know, I think additionally, at least from my eyes, they were pretty good in the you know 1990s. They were a legit contender. Pat Frank Thomas, AL MVP twice, yeah. you know, uh, balling out. Um, they were definitely a perennial, perennial contender then. Um, and even in the early 2000s, they um, had the best record in the MLB. And However, still got uh, whooped by the Seattle Mariners. I remember that series like it was yesterday, too. As Mariners was really good um, at that time, too. They, yeah, they were really good. They had A-Rod. They had Ken Griffey. They had Itro Suzuki as a young kid. Um, they were pretty good. Um, and so, yeah, I remember that series as well. But um, in regards to um, the White Sox, I, I hope it's not another disappointing season. And I really began to kind of rephrase my question after I've seen um, late last night that they had beat the Royals. But if they lose today, um, I, I am really asking this question. You know, what is the problem with the Sox? Is it Kenny Williams? Why don't superstars want to come to the South Side? Are they afraid because what they hear in the news? You know, they're afraid they're going to get shot going into the stadium. I, I don't know if they're that stupid to think that. I mean, I don't, you know, honestly, I don't um, think it's that. I don't know what it is, man. Um, but you know, people don't seem it's, like they want to come to the south side. They want to, you know. I feel like it's uh, it's not a you know a quote unquote sexy you know like mantra doesn't have that 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 prestige you know feel to it. Like the Cubs, right? I think that's I think that plays a lot into it. Even though you know it's you know you got the Chicago market, so. You know, that would help out any brand and, uh, you know, as far as endorsements and stuff. But, yeah, it's like, 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 for instance, the, the Yankees and the Mets, that's, that's, that's how it feels. Like, Yankees mm-hmm. prestigious, Mets feels like the, the, the stepchild. Right. That, that's, I, I think that, that, that whole aura, that whole uh, mantra, the whole prestige, I, I think that plays a big part in it. Right. And so, yeah, um, White Sox, if you want prestige, you got to win. Yeah. Period. So, you know, um, like you say, Jamar, if you can fix the pitching um, and not give up early runs and find yourself in deep holes in the damn first and second inning. Right. You got a chance to win a game. Can't be giving up six, seven runs in the first inning. At all. I've seen so many bases At loaded, you know, like opportunities yeah. thus far, and, and right. two-run doubles and – Runners on second and third with like these no are all no nos in baseball. By the way, people, these are all no nos like Jamar going over. You can't be doing these things and expect to win. No, no, like if you just you know hold down the fort, like our bats are so strong that just let us get the lead for once and then just hold it down because we right once we get a lead, we can we can shut it down. We can right once the Sox get a lead, they don't give up leads. They don't give up leads when they you know because they're so talented. And, and I, so, um, I really love our know, roster too. Like the lineup, right. I do. It's just the pitch. Yeah. Anderson, it's time to step up and be an MVP candidate. Um, and so, yeah, you know, um, Abreu, it's time to step up, man, and be an MVP candidate. You two guys yeah, ball out, you, you'll take us a very long way. And if our pitching uh, does what it needs to do. So, um, you know, as stated, just like the NBA, it's early. Um, we will um, see how things go going forward, but I am worried about the Sox again as being the same old White Sox. Um, 
same old disappointment, same old, I'm, I'm starting to feel like a Dallas Square Cowboys fan or a University of Michigan fan to where <laughs> I get my hopes up. I'm so excited. I'm saying this is the year. This is the year. And then when I kind of sit and think about it, I've been saying that every year. <laughs> so, um, yeah, maybe um, it's time for me to get a little dose of a reality check and start to realize that maybe it's just the White Sox. Maybe it's just the organization. Um, there has to be something that has to be done if they don't have a good season. I don't give a darn about an epidemic, what's going on. Um, we just we want to uh, produce a win on the South Side finally. When you guys win, it's good for baseball. Um, additionally, now with the Cubs. So the Cubs, they're looking good. They are, uh, they are winning games. Um, they are looking like the Cubs of usual. Uh, but my question with the Cubs, Jamar, is can the Cubs sustain this? As we know, the Cubs always have a great start. And um, they always have a talented roster. But for some odd reason, they tend to choke. And it's always because a team up uh, three hours ahead of us puts pressure on them, it feels like, and, and usually causes them to choke. And so, um, you know, are the Cubs or can the Cubs sustain this success with this roster this season? I think so. And, you know, they have championship DNA on that mm -hmm. team because a lot of them, they, have, they, they did get it done a few years ago. Um, I feel they like did, and they almost choked too. Yeah, that was honestly, that's probably a, a World Series I, I would never forget just based One on the all, greatest World Series ever by far. And that uh, rain delay was probably the <laughs> scary. That, it was scary. Uh, craziest moment uh man but anyway i think with them having uh you know uh a new but old a, a new manager but old voice new i guess new old voice with david ross i think yeah. you know they might respond to him different it seems like it i mean they have i mean they got the pitching that's for sure they got the bats mm -hmm. um i feel like uh who's that chris bryant i don't know if I don't know if he's playing right now or not, but I know, you know, he definitely has a chip on his shoulder. Cause I don't yeah, he, he's his... DHing right now. He, he's going okay. to designate him. Because yeah. uh, I know there was uh, contract issues or whatnot and, you know, trying to get a deal done. And, you know, at one point you didn't think he was actually going to be on the team. But I think he has a, definitely a chip on his shoulder, something to prove here again. Um, no, that – no. Um, no, they – honestly, they should probably win that division. Um I think so they have. We a, got them getting past the Brewers this year. I I think they will. All uh, right. They're solid. Yeah. No hate here. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm yeah. So. Um, what do you think? Yeah. As far as the Cubs, yeah, no hate, man. Um, you know, big Cubs fan. I, I love the Cubs. Um, Sox and Cubs. I'm I'm dad hard for both. Um, you know. Biggest thing I would say just with uh, my Cubs is just making sure that they are, you know, staying focused throughout the season, um, that they don't beat themselves, um, and that they yeah. hold on to their leads, um, you know, at the end of the games. Uh, if they can hold on to those leads, they'll be just fine. 
They have the veteran leadership. They have the veterans in the locker room, which the Sox don't have. Um, They have veterans that have been tested, that have been through um, a number of tough moments and they've overcome. Um, And then they have talent too. So um, with all those things, it has a very uh, good formula for success. And so um, Cubs appear to be trending in uh, the right direction as usual. But um, if you ask me if they could keep it up, they certainly have the roster to keep it up. I just hope that they don't burn out like they have done in the past three seasons. So they burn out at the end of the season. It's no reason for a burnout. It's only six I was about games. to say, they better not so, burn out. No, no reason for a burnout this year. Um, and so you guys hopefully should be able to sustain, um, you know, what it is you've been sustained with. We'll see if you guys are the real deal when you start facing the American League, which the Cubs have faithfully over the years had a tough time with. So um, if you guys can uh, beat those American League teams, um, it'll say a whole lot about your team. So, um, yeah, but right now the Cubs are um, heading in the right direction. So uh, hopefully you guys can keep it up. And so with that, additionally, my brother, uh, let is, well, let's now head into our last session of uh, today. Um, let's talk about the NFL players opting out. And so um, guys like Marquise Goodwin, or Marquise Godwin, sorry, um, he's opted out. Um, Eddie Goldman, most notably, right, um, as Bears fans, um, he opted out. Um, Damian Williams of the Kansas City Chiefs, the running back, who uh, arguably should have been a Super Bowl MVP last year, um, he opted out. And so just curious, with Eddie Goldman, um, as Bears fans, with him opting out, do you think this hurt or helps us? And then let's also dive into that same question with Damian Williams. Does this hurt or help the Chiefs? And does this in a way possibly hurt the Chiefs' Super Bowl hopes? Because now they have to rely on the kid, Edwards DeClaire, from LSU, who will come in as a rookie. Um, does this hurt the Chiefs' Super Bowl hopes? So uh, let's first get into Eddie Goldman with the Bears. Does this hurt or help us? I mean, it, I think it hurts by default. By default. Right. I mean, he, you know, he's solid. He's, like, been important, you know, as far as our defensive line. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not going to ever knock anybody for opting out or anything like this. Um, right. So, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with it. It just basically, you know, the NFL is a next man up league. So somebody's going to have to step up and get the job True. done. Um, our defense True. is poised to have, even though last year we had, by the numbers, our defense was still good. But I feel like our defense is still like this year has a chance to be, like, dominant again, mm-hmm. even even without uh, Eddie Goldman. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it hurts by default because he, he's a great talent. He's, you know, been around for a while now. He does his job, does it well. Um, he's not really a player that's, that's been hurt either from what I remember. So he's, he's usually reliable. So, yeah, I think it, it, it hurts by default. But look at the other – uh, you know, other players in the, in the division that opted out, like uh, Devin Funches for the uh, 
for the Green Bay Packers, and I feel like that may hurt them more than it hurts us, especially right. since uh, the Packers have a lack of weapons on the on the perimeter there. And with his mm-hmm. signing, you know that you know maybe would help Aaron Rodgers out. Now he's back, you know, uh, back to uh, square one here. Right. Mm-hmm. So. So yeah, that's yeah. I think it hurts by default, but I I don't think we'll miss a beat too much though. Right. Um, I stand in agreement with you. Um, you know, Eddie Goldman being out, um, you know, it'll hurt um by default, but that's you know uh, why you uh, as you stated uh, state that um, and we know this as sports fans that um, you know, it's next man up, especially in football. Um. And so, you know, uh, we have a lot of depth on um, our defensive side. Uh, That appears to be what really just likes, you know, runs our team pretty much is our defense. Um, And it's been that way, of course, with the Bears for years and years and years. And so, um, you know, we can just find somebody that can, let's say, be solid enough to get the job done on the other side of Akeem Hicks. Um, I think it's our success um, solely depends on his health. And maybe you can stand in agreement with me, Jamar. If he can stay healthy, um, it will be very beneficial for our team. So hopefully he can, you know, uh, stay healthy um, and be able to make plays. Um, He's a pro bowler. Um, He's a baller. And so, um, you know, if guys like Bilal Nichols, Ray Robertson, Harris, um, guys like that can step up. I know these guys are like uh, next up on a depth chart. And so these guys can step up. Um, it would be very important uh, right. in regards to our success to be able to hold Aaron Rodgers and be able to hold Matt Stafford and um, – those guys up in Minnesota with um, Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen and Kirk Cousins and, you know, Kyle Rudolph, uh, you got a juggernaut all over the division. You have three pretty good teams um, to where the NFC North is never a sleeper. It's never a day off. So, um, you know, we hey. could use Eddie Goldman for sure, but um, one position, let's say, especially from the defensive tackle standpoint, shouldn't hurt us that much. But, yeah, were you going to say something? Yeah, I look at it like this, just to piggyback what you said, as far as Hakeem Hicks, his health is vital. Last season without him, Khalil Mack got double teamed each and every play. Sure did. So with a healthy Hicks and then with the acquisition of Robert Quinn as a pass rusher on the other side, Mm -hmm. somebody is going to get looks (laughs) at the opposing quarterback almost every play. So as long mm-hmm. as they stay healthy and the other person, whoever is at no stack will just do their job. You don't even got to have a superstar effort. Just just nope. hold, just do your job. Just do your job. We, we're going to get some tackles for loss and sacks and maybe force a couple of fumbles here. Like, right. Like, so, yeah, health is, is, is the main thing. Especially health, health, this. health. As they say, health is what? Health is wealth. Wealth. So um, stay wealthy. Um Bears and let's stay healthy. And so if you guys can do that, then sky's the limit. Um, and so let's, lastly, let's piggyback on um, Damian Williams. Um, does this help or hurt the Chiefs? 
Um, I'll go ahead and I'll begin. I think it um, certainly hurts the Chiefs. Um, and the fact that you are going for a Super Bowl, people are picking you for a Super Bowl, uh, or at least to make the Super Bowl, or possibly win it uh, with the talent of, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes and big contract he just got. And everyone's, you know, all in on the Chiefs. They're celebrities. He just bought a, a piece of the Kansas City Royals. Like, he's a celebrity right now. Um, and I think, in a way, this hurts them. Um, all the great news has been coming out of Kansas City, and it's just like a little blink that just came out with Damian Williams now opting out for the season. Um, and he clearly is uh, a great running back, very efficient, can catch the ball, can run through the tackles, can do it all. Um, you know, he was very important to the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl last year. So you're telling me now you got to rely on a rookie um, and then also um, a third screen guy that really hasn't had much reps. Um, he's been solid, but he, you know, he hasn't played much. Like Damian Williams was a workhorse last year. And so um, it'll be very interesting to see how the Chiefs can bounce back with this. Um, let's, let's not rule out greatness, right? So with certain quarterbacks, right, Jamar, certain great athletes, they are so great like Tom Brady and Bill Belichick or Aaron Rodgers to where they can kind of just fit anybody in. And so this is one thing I think is very important to bring up is that with Patrick Mahomes' greatness, the next question would be, can they overcome with just his greatness? It's very, 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 very well possible that they won't miss a beat at all because of the greatness of Patrick Mahomes, because of Tyreek Hill, because of um, um, Travis Kelsey, because of, um, what's the word, Sammy Watkins, um, and the various weapons that they have. Um, on the offensive end, um, it's very well possible that they won't miss a beat. But um, in a way, I feel like it could very well be very detrimental um, in regards to running through the tackles, you know, getting those first downs when you can't pass the ball, when guys are tired, different things like that. So, um, yeah, if you ask me, I think this really hurts the Chiefs. This is not light news. This is not something that people should, you know, oh, no, it doesn't matter. Um, we understand what's going on, but I think this hurts the Chiefs. Um, I would have really liked for him to, um, you know, kind of just try to muscle things out, Damian Williams. Uh, but then again, in this time, um, you got to do what's best for your family. Um, you got to do what's best for um, your main team, which is your team at home, which is your family. And so, um, totally understood what he's doing. Yeah, once again, if you ask me if this helps or hurts the Chiefs, this definitely hurts the Chiefs. And um, I think it puts a damps in their Super Bowl hopes. Um, and it'll make it very, very tough, um, you know, for them to have the success they had. Before I end, I will use a very quick example. We had a lot of success with um, Justin Howard a few years back. Um, and somehow, some way, we just, I guess, thought that he wasn't really worth it. So we got rid of him, um, and we got a rookie running back. Um, he's matured now, but if you ask me if it was a good move then, I don't think it was a good move. 
I think the Chiefs will have a similar situation to where they'll definitely feel that missing presence. Um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, he'll, you know, hopefully be there to step up, but I think um, he's just going to be a rookie, and rookies are going to do what rookies do. Fumble, they'll have ups and downs, and so hopefully Patrick Mahomes' greatness can overcome it, but um, that remains to be seen. And so, uh, Jamar, any thoughts on that? Yeah, so I definitely get what you're saying. I'm going to go on the uh, opposite end here. Okay. I knew you were going to say that. All right. So, all right. So, a couple of things to point out. Uh, Damian Williams, it has basically from like last year, you know, he, he was definitely the, the number one running back on their depth chart. Um, he did miss time last year and had some fillers here with, you know, Darwin Thompson or, uh, Daryl Williams, who actually, you know, came in and produced, they, they did their job. Um, but let's, let's not forget that only reason why Damian Williams is in the spot that he's in because of the whole Kareem Hunt situation. Right. And I felt like the team, when, when the Kansas City Chiefs went against the New England Patriots, I felt like that team was actually a better team overall than when they won it last year. And that's because of Kareem Hunt was just, I feel like head and shoulders is better than Damian Williams. Damian Williams right. is solid. I'm not taking anything away from that. But also another thing to point out, um, there's a reason why they drafted um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the first round. They didn't, they didn't even think he was going to be on the board. He fits everything that they're trying to do here. Mm-hmm. Uh, from mm-hmm. a fantasy perspective, my eyes got googly looking at that. The fact that He's on the Chiefs, and now this situation that he's going to be basically uh, catapulted probably into uh, at least mode. yeah at least fifteen to twenty touches, and the things that he can do here um, for that offense can definitely um, you know maybe bring back shades of what Kareem Hunt was doing for them. I mean, we'll see. I mean, like you said, he is a rookie. You know, rookie. You know, do rookie things at times. I remember Kareem Hunt in his first actual NFL game against the New England Patriots. His first actual carry was a fumble. He never fumbled in college. He happened to fumble then. And then from there, he ended up having a spectacular game against the Patriots. And the rest is history uh, for, with him. Uh, with this situation here, I think the Chiefs, between the, the running backs that they have, and oh, yeah, by the way, LaShawn McCoy is, not, is a, a Tampa Bay Buccaneer now. But even still, the couple of running backs that they have already been in the system. And then with the additional the rookie here, they probably have a running back by committee. But I think uh, I think they'll be fine because everything else offsets the pressure of the running back. The 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 half a billion dollar man, the best tight end in the game, in my opinion, Travis Kelsey, the mm-hmm. best feaster in the game, and Tyree Kill, one of the most underrated wide receivers. Yep, he's very underrated, isn't he? He is, and health has been a big reason why he's in that, like, category. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Sammy Watkins, I, I think they'll be fine. They're still head and shoulders above everybody in that division. Right. Yeah, very good. Very, very, very good point. And so, yeah, with that being said, um, yeah, appreciate your input, man. That uh, concludes the Early Morning Sports Talk podcast. Um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Um, Jamar, before we uh, check out, um, any you know final thoughts before we head into our weekend and get our weekend started? 
Um, I would say uh, since the beginning of August here, uh, you know, supposedly kids going back to school, I don't know, uh, you know, virtually mm -hmm. or brick and mortar, physical, like, look, just I honestly, just I feel like just do what you feel is best. My kids are not going. They're doing virtual. I heard I that. Like, I don't care what 45 says on that one. Do what you feel is best um, with that situation here. So, you know, don't don't feel pressured to, you know, send them off when, you know, in the back of your mind, that's not what you should be doing. So, Right. I hear you. And so, yeah, with that, additionally, um, world, I want everybody to be safe out there um, in Chicago and in inner city. Put the guns down. Um, spare a life. Um, it's not worth it. Um, you know, look at the big picture, guys. Uh, don't throw your whole life away just over stupid arguments and stuff like that, man. Big picture stuff, man. Yeah. Um, and then additionally, um, still a virus out there. So everyone be safe. Uh, wear your mask. Uh, remove your pride. Um, it's not about um, necessarily the young people. Um, it's about the young people um, what well, is about the young people, but it's about the young people in this virus, making sure that they are wearing masks, making sure that they're not passing along stuff because they're the ones that's out enjoying the summer. They're the ones that's out. It's August now. So, you know, vacation parties, boats, you know how the August is, it's, especially in Chicago, especially around, you know, just, um, a lot of places where, you know, it's cold throughout the year and the summer hits. So, um, Put the guns down, guys, and um, protect yourselves from this virus. Uh, it's still a virus, and it's, uh, it's an uptick. It really is right now. And so don't be a part of that uptick. Um, and everyone, just be safe. Enjoy your day. Have a blessed and productive day. Thank you all for tuning in, and we will see you guys next weekend at 7 a.m. Peace. Peace out.